0: Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about the importance of establishing a sense of safety in your meditation practice or any sort of contemplative or stillness practice. More to come on that in a moment. First, let's settle in together with the sound of the bells. Okay, so a big thing I have always looked at when guiding meditation, creating my own meditations for others, and something that has just become increasingly strong as a guide point for me has been how to help people create a sense of inner safety when they're going into the meditation not just for the sake of the meditation, but to learn how to generate that for themselves in their own mind and their own body. But it's particularly important in meditation because meditation is a very intimate experience. If you've lived your life on autopilot, suppressing emotions, disconnecting from your body, which are all very understandable things when you look at how complicated and messy life can be, well, then turning toward your experience as you do in something like a meditation practice can be a shock to the system. There may be a lot that you're turning toward that you've intentionally turned away from over the years. Unresolved emotions, past traumas, or just you know pain in the body, or a mind that is scary. So many of us are are scared of being in our own minds because thoughts, they can get dark, they can be negative, they can get loud, they can be annoying. So all of this we, we come closer to in a meditation practice. And as a facilitator, it is like the thing that I am most uh, clued into and, and really trying to um, help someone facilitate for themselves with every word that I'm choosing. Now, For you, though, let's just say you're guiding yourself through meditation or you want to take some time to be still and connect to your breath and connect more to your inner world. You feel the sense of maybe avoiding yourself or being attached or addicted to being busy. And there's a realization of, oh, I need to move a little bit more inward. I need to get comfortable being me. I want to get to know who I am. Well, let's speak to how you might do that, or at least the preliminary context you would want to set. The first thing I would say is just to check with yourself, what is a posture that would feel good to your body? And you really keep that open ended. Because something like thinking that you have to sit cross legged or sit really upright or in a particular way, what this is doing is already potentially asking the body to do something that it doesn't feel comfortable with. And on some level it's not communicating a sense of I'm here for you and this is safe. This is okay. Now you might be asking, well, going in an uncomfortable position, how unsafe is that really? Yeah. On like the, uh, like the more relative level of like what safety looks like is our life threatened or not. Sure, we're not talking about that at all, but when you're really inviting yourself to get intimate with your own experience and for your system to open up to you and to feel relaxed and spacious enough to do that, to reveal itself, especially if your relationship to your body and your mind has been of one, one of suppression, then all of these details really matter. And just asking your body to start. How do you want to sit? Do you want to sit? Do you want to lay down? Do you want to stand? Do you want to slouch a little bit? Do you want to lean back in the chair? What this is doing is you're opening a, a channel of communication from yourself to yourself, and specifically with the body. And you give the body the opportunity to speak, to communicate. It doesn't do it through a language you might be familiar with, it does it through sensation that then you practice offering that over. And that already is helping the body move from this place of bracing or constantly being overridden or feeling like it needs to be forced into something to actually being heard and able to relax into how it wants to be. This isn't to say there aren't times where we don't push our body. You know, you go to the gym, you're going to strain the body. But hopefully, there's an opting into that, you know, even with something like that, the energy we bring to it means everything. you know if we're exercising excessively because we don't want to feel our body or because we can't it's the only way we get some sensation or because we we're just like hating our body and and it's our only way to feel a sense of control by like beating it into the ground. Well, it might be worth checking the, uh, the relationship we have to that sort of exercise. However, you could also go like, Hey, we're going to do this for our own well being, and stress can lead to uh, strength. And so we're doing this, we're pushing ourselves in service of that. Do you feel the difference in the energy there? So the orientation makes a big impact. Uh, and so all to say that, that there's not a time and place where we don't push the body or ask it something that maybe it doesn't necessarily want to do in the moment. Um, but in meditation, especially in the beginning, as we're establishing that container of safety, we're really giving it the opportunity to, to share what it wants, uh, especially in the early stages of our practice where we're redeveloping a connection with ourselves. And then the next key thing, and we're going to make this actually the last thing because these two will be enough to start to establish a sense of safety. Is to ask yourself, do I actually want to be doing this right now? Do I actually want to be here? Which might be a strange thing to open as an inquiry for yourself when you sit down to meditate. And I've been doing this with my own students, especially in our Working With Thoughts course right now. Where at the beginning of most of our meditations, there's an inquiry of, do you actually want to be here? And not in a way that I'm like challenging people to show up more, more significantly. It's a genuine inquiry for them to have with themselves because we're doing daily meditations where they get to check in, you know, even though they put time and money into a course like this and they've scheduled time in their day to show up, they still get that inquiry. Do you want to be here right now? And what that does is it establishes a sense of trust between the different parts of you. It's an offering from yourself to yourself that is saying, Hey, does this feel okay right now? Are we willing to be here? Does it feel good to be here? And if not, we can leave or we can adjust. But I am here to follow your intuition and I will defend it at all costs. And if this doesn't feel good right now, or we feel like we're overriding something, then let's reassess if this is right in this moment. It's the equivalent of you saying, I have your back to yourself. And there is no form of wisdom or communication that is more important than the one we have with ourselves. And so this is a very interesting way to start a meditation. You know, especially in a course when I'm offering that, and usually you know, the case is that there might be an expression that comes up where it's like eh, I'm kind of bored or I'm kind of tired or part of me doesn't want to be here, and so you get to meet that. But is that the deepest truth, right? So we just we drop in deeper and go, yeah, all of that's true, and yet there is still a desire, a willingness to be here into experiences. And so that's that's the thing that you're connecting to. You're getting consent from yourself on the deepest level. You are not outsourcing your wisdom or your intuition or your boundaries or your sense of what to do to someone else. You are checking in with yourself. The buck stops with you. Does this feel right? And if the response is yes, then there's a new form of being able to relax into being there because you've connected to yourself on the deepest level. You've established that if we want to step out of this experience, we can. We've given ourselves that permission and that space. And when we know we have the ability to step out of something, we're much better able to show up fully for it while we're in it. And this is just fundamental whether you've experienced trauma or not in your life, we are always assessing our sense of safety in an experience. And one of the ways that we assess that is, can I get out of this if I need to? And of course, we're talking about meditation again. I'm not saying this is a life-threatening thing, but it is an intimate thing. And you are going into your inner world, and we're working with the subtleties here. And this kind of communication with yourself is perhaps probably the most important thing that you could get from a meditation practice at all. And many people use their meditation practice to override this wisdom. You know, They default to what a teacher says they should do, or I have to sit a particular way, or I have to sit a particular length of time. And it's not to say that some of those structures aren't good, I've gotten a lot out of those structures, but they can cause you to defer to some external authority around what to do, and whether or not it's okay or not. And it's not going to be the end of the world. But in service of you really developing a relationship with your inner knowing, with yourself, a deep friendship that you can take with you into all areas of your life, because that is the relationship that precedes everything, then I really think we need to Start emphasizing this in how we even show up to our meditation practice. Sit down, put everything aside to be here, and then we check again. Do I actually want to be here? And then if the response is no, actually this doesn't feel right. Like I want to spend time. It feels important to spend time with my kid right now, and I feel like I'm I'm not able to fully be here with that in the background. It's like okay, cool. Then you make your practice surrendering to that. Other times it might be, I. there's a lot going on. I feel myself pulled in different directions. Yeah, I sense that my kid might need me and I also want to be with them. And I know this is important. So yes, it does feel right for me to be here. Cool. So now you've checked all the things that might typically pull you subconsciously. You filter through them and your consent, your yes, your opting in is that much more pure and full and solidified. So I offer that to you, whether you're doing someone's guided meditations or you're doing your own meditation practice, try these two things in the beginning. How do I want to sit? Listen to your body, follow how it wants to be, really give it that. And then ask yourself, do I actually want to be here right now? And then wait until you find that yes. And that willingness before you proceed, feel what that's like. And maybe you make your whole practice just listening for that. It's like, I don't really know. Cool. Well, maybe spend 20 minutes just trying to figure out how you would listen for that. Maybe you have to do that for three months. But I can't think of a better use of your time. Because if you don't have that communication with yourself, then what are we doing? Where's the place that is guiding our life? So it may seem simple, but it's really significant. So try that out. And the reason this topic is of interest more to me these days because I'm also leading, as you know, a a training on how to lead a meditation. So I've just been contemplating a lot more what goes into all of this. And um, so if you're interested in some of those nuances, right? A lot of people hear maybe the meditations I guide and they might seem a bit basic or just you kind of sit, you show up, you listen to it. But things like this that we described here, nearly every word that I'm saying is being filtered through something like that, an understanding like that, or a way that I'm trying to facilitate an internal spaciousness for for a person from the beginning, the middle, the end, and then after a practice. And so this is going to be a training where I just share everything I've learned and what I've developed over the last 10 years in guiding many 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 meditations and now having gotten a lot of feedback from people around what works and what doesn't work and I'm also going to be doing a a deep dive into my usual mindfulness keynote that I get brought in from uh, by organizations and schools to do and I'll share just how that unfolds if you're interested in talking about mindfulness in a practical way but whether you're a, a parent uh, or a parent wanting to teach or guide meditation for your kids, or you're a therapist looking to bring it into your practice or in the workplace and you want to run it for your teams, or you're just interested in how this works, you want to maybe become a mindfulness teacher one day, then uh, I think this will be of interest to you. Uh, I've never done anything like this before. It's previously been exclusively offered as a workshop for my graduate students at UPenn. So um, the first time I'm making it public. Uh, not sure if I'll be doing it again I've gotten that question but if you are interested and you can't attend live it uh, it will be recorded and you can have lifelong access to the recording and the teaching resources just make sure you sign up beforehand so that is uh, Saturday, November 19th, 9 to 5 you can learn all the details at the link in the show notes or just go to and you'll see it on the homepage alright everyone Lots of love. Take care. Thank you for your practice.